0: our podcast the World Class Agency podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have.
1: What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you?
0: World Class Estate
1: Agency is all about people. A good estate agent adds, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day is a learning day. What does being a world class agency look like? You. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Inch Podcast. My name is Mark
0: Wall. I'm joined as ever by Mr. Sam Hunter. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Mark. Hello, listeners. Um I'm excellent. Thank you. I'm sweating. But other than that, <laughs> I'm pretty good.
1: Good. Good. Excellent. Yeah. Well, you said when we uh, started this Zoom, it's starting to look a little bit lighter outdoors. Well, it's actually pouring down with rain it's bull- now
0: Wow, it looks pretty bright from where i am for everyone listening at home i judge mark's <laughs> mood by the color uh, of the sky outside the window that's over his left shoulder and it, it didn't look black this morning so <laughs> I, don't, I think it's probably a bit early to say spring has sprung in the northeast but it's put a smile on mark's face
1: yeah and i think I, th- I think we're starting to see some of those shoots of spring coming i did a viewing at a house yesterday at five o'clock and they could go out into the garden and have a look right at the start of the viewing to be fair not at the end but they went out and had a look um, before that so I think spring is a great time uh, of year for, for selling houses um, we've had a really busy start to the year I know from the um, stats that I've seen on agents um, Facebook pages and what have you at the end of January it's been quite a surprise so you know long long may it continue and hopefully accelerate as those nights get um, lighter and the weather gets a bit brighter it does, does always have a feel good a effect right?
0: Agreed. Absolutely.
1: So on that on that note, shall we go ahead and just have a very quick intro, Sam, and introduce today's guest, our first guest of the year.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Making his debut on the World Class Agency podcast, today's guest comes armed with near on 30 years of estate agency experience. Corporate high street, independent estate agency, self-employed, online, he's seen, and more importantly, he's done it all. He's the leader of the fastest organically grown estate agency business the UK has ever seen. And he's promised today will not just be a sales pitch for our more experienced listeners. Adam Day, head of EXP UK. Welcome to the World Class Agency podcast. Hello, good morning. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Good morning. No, thanks. Thanks very much for, for joining us today, Adam. The first question is the same question that we ask all of our guests. And it's what does world class estate agency look like to you?
2: Well, I've not done estate agency for about eight years, so what yeah. do I know? But, um, <laughs> but when, when you say nearly thirty years, Sam, that's really quite. I mean, I'd rather you said twenty-seven years, to be honest. Look- lot- <laughs> I'm. I'm all about averaging up, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, uh, no, cool. God, nearly thirty years. Um, world-class estate agency. I, I suppose all I can do is pinch ideas from other, other, other agents that are within the EXP network nowadays. And and it is, I mean. It depends what you're talking about. Is it lead gen? Is it customer service? Is it, you know, all of that stuff is is bundled into world-class estate agency. Because the state agency is not just providing a service to the client. The agency is also, you know, if you want to run an estate agency, you have to lead gen. If you want to work in the state agency, you have to lead gen. And what does that all look like? So I suppose from a uh, but but from it's consistency for me. You know, it's a really boring answer. Consistency is is the key to everything, and that is the key to lead gen is the key to a great customer service, a great experience for the customer um, and and creating experiences rather than just good service is also something that I think is really important. Um, something that I see a lot of with, with our agents and again, it, and it definitely won't be a sales pitch because this is not about that, but that create whatever you can do to create an experience is what people remember, what you do rather than what you, what you say, isn't it? How you pay, how you're made to feel rather than um, rather than anything else. So, you know those little whatsapp groups with your with your clients and you know those little touches of mowing the lawn you know when when the the property's empty in the summer um or helping the customer move house actually pack the boxes and stuff like that you know these are little things little wins that people will remember for the rest of their lives which mean they'll come back to you all the time and that for me is 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 world class and um it's those little touches really that i've seen
0: I'm. Uh, I'm not going to get you. I'm not going to let you get away with uh, saying, "Well, it's a lot of things in terms of lead gen, customer service, and everything like that." Because I think this is a really good opportunity for somebody who has direct access to some excellent real estate agents to sort of dive in a little bit deeper in, into some of their practices. Consistency is um, definitely not a boring answer. Um, it, realistically, every week we ask this question, um, and we've asked it to sort of three hundred three. Yeah, probably. 200 odd agents and consistency is the most consistent answer because it's really hard to be good at anything unless you're consistent. And actually that's been the theme of this show for a long time. And we're trying to transfer that into simplicity this year. What can you you do more of that you know works, which is effectively consistently, I think. Um, If we split up world-class real estate into lead generation and then customer service, whether that's buyers or your sellers, like what's world-class lead generation look like? you can't say consistent you got to give us a practical example
2: yeah 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 well everyone knows i like a, a touting letter and i know that's sometimes that's frowned upon but but i just think that if you are if you are a world class estate agent and you're offering a world class experience you need to tell people that you're offering that world class experience and that that service and that that estate agency um role and and if people are therefore on the market floundering with a a non world class estate agent uh, or <laughs> estate business then you need to be educating them that you exist hmm. and so you know good quality content um letter writing it's not it's not a hi i've seen you've been in the market for six weeks and i'm better than them kind of letter they're, they're rubbish letters um uh, if someone's being consistent at least they're being consistent but be consistent with a good message you know add value give advice you know I, i've spent i did um i started doing letters in 2001 um, so four years into my into my estate agency journey not quite 30 years <laughs> um, but, um the i, I did content based letters and i don't know where that came from i've got no idea i wasn't trained to do that but i felt that every let whenever i went to open a door for when i worked at country properties there was letters on the doormat and they oh. said oh we're from such and such we see your house isn't sold please give us a call um and so i thought well i, I wouldn't call that the phone i wouldn't call that, that that agent so i started doing tips on how to sell your house so there was value in those those letters. So every time someone, you know, week one was reason number one one way house hasn't sold, week two was reason number two. So by the time they get to six or seven weeks, they've had six or seven reasons and tips why the house hasn't sold, which they might action, um, and they might sell their house through that current estate agency business. But, therefore, I'm probably the reason they've done that, so they're going to remember those letters and go, hmm. well, I sold it through XYZ estate agent, but there's this guy from Country Properties who kept writing to me telling me what to do. Hmm. Um, there's going to be a portion of people, a large proportion of people, who don't sell their house or don't take advice and get my letters and then start thinking, um, I'm going to call this guy because because he's A is persistent, B is giving me good advice, and C I, I like the cut of his jib. So it's different to everybody else. So I think that sort of letter writing for me was was really important uh, from a lead gen point of view and remains to be a lead generation um, strategy um, for sure throughout. And that will be the case throughout the history, throughout the future. I don't see any change in letter writing um, because we are one of the only industries in the world where someone is saying, help, Mm. I need your help. I'm Mm. going to sell my house. Um, So letter writing. And then you've got social media, of course. um, You know, some, again, it's content-based. It's all content-based for me. That is what world-class is. You have to be giving, 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 coming from an angle of giving, giving, and what's the what's the phrase givers receive or whatever it is and but they do it's amazing how the universe pays you back when you just come at an angle of giving um and, and you know look at someone like chris watkin he just gives advice gives free information gives everything away of what to do um and and that's paying him back in spades mm. so um it, it's all coming from content-based giving ideas and um, what can you do to help someone else
0: I got a question for you before we flip it to customer service and I'll let you choose whether you're going to talk about vendor service or or sort of buyer work. Um, Devil's advocate. One of your agents has a property on the market. They've done a lot of the right things, but the property still hasn't sold and they're getting letters through the door. And one of them is actually a unique suggestion that they look at it and go, oh, that probably would help. I haven't thought of that yet. Do you advise your agents action that, get them a result, um, or do you advise your agents burn the letter <laughs> so that they never recall the, the new agent, right? Probably actually. I mean, that's,
2: yeah, yeah, probably actually. I mean, you know, we're, from an EXP point of view, we're an open book. I mean, mm. everybody knows how we operate, what we do. And so other models, I've had other models who have contacted me and uh, who have sprung up in the last, you know, two or three years Said, "What what is it you do? You know, do you mind if I pick your brain? And I say, yeah, that's fine. So that's the same kind of concept, I suppose, what you're saying there is. You know we're giving people advice on what to do giving other models advice. i mean they're not taking it by the looks of things but we are giving them advice on what to do and they can either action it or not and they probably should action it because because of your intro earlier um you know so it's the same kind of thing if you've got a better estate agency business out there that's giving out that advice maybe you should copy it i mean i remember um we got an agent up in the northeast called Kirsty hodgson and she did a video um of a property in know in the background that said hey I'm Kirsty. I'm in Prudhoe in the northeast. This is a 3 bed ender terrace. It's a great buy to let. Um, for any landlords out there that are interested, yada, 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 that kind of thing, you know, what Chris Watkin kind of advises. And the estate agency business went nuts that she was talking about, that she was advertising this property on. They went absolutely spare at her. Well, how dare you do this? Why are you doing this? This is my property. And, and I kind of thought, actually, maybe you should be copying Kirsty. This yeah. was in the early days. And now Kirsty's the number one agent in her area. And you kind of think these other other estate agency businesses are not copying what she's doing. You know, success leaves clues. Copy what's working with other people, and just make it a little bit better, five or ten percent better, wherever you can. And then, and then you'll become better. And then that then creates more competition, and the competition then get better. And and that's the way the world should work. Um, But
0: why don't agents do that? That sounds so simple. Why don't they do it?
2: Because they. I think there's an element they don't like change. There's, you know, I don't want to say stuck in their ways because I think that's unfair. I think estate agency businesses do want to look to the future and try and iterate. I think there's probably, they don't like change. I think there's a lack of confidence in front of things like the camera. Um, you know, we talk about world-class uh, service and experience. You know, videogra- videogra- videography is, is a world-class service for sellers and buyers. You know, buyers love to watch a video, love to see mm. around. And you don't have to be that polished as a presenter you just have to present you know the opening bit and the end bit hi welcome to this property you know the drill um you don't have to be as polished as some people but some of the some of the videos we see are extraordinary from the agents and the presentation of each of the each of the rooms and their description i couldn't do it i mean it's unbelievable some of the stuff they do
1: can i just um talk about the customer service uh, side of things i really liked what you said about um trying to create experiences for people in agency, you talked about customer service being about creating experience, not just providing good customer service, and you gave a couple of examples, um, mowing the lawn, um, of going above and beyond, helping people, people pack. Is there anything that you think estate agents should focus on from the buyer's side to try and make that experience better? Because I'm sure we've all been, well I know Sam definitely, we've all been on the other end of being a buyer trying to buy from other agents there's every buyer that's speaking to you will have spoken to another agent how can we stand out by creating good experiences and what benefit does that have to agents do you think
2: yeah we we can and and buyers are future sellers um but there's still this cultural historical You know, view that the buyers are not our clients Mm. Um, and they're not the seller is our client so it's the seller we have to put all of our effort into I think until there's a time where there is buyer representation I think that's always going to suffer whether you know I'm not saying we shouldn't be doing that I'm not saying ignore the buyers at all but I just think that's a very difficult thing for an agent to get their head around is to is to serve the buyer because they're not paying our fees now if you're in America or Australia or France or India or South Africa every other country in the world pretty much from my experience now having done this role the buy there is a buyer side to the transaction and so the buyer then now whether the whether the fee comes from the seller, like in America, the seller pays the 6% and then half of it goes to the buyer that buyer's agent sorry. um, This this I mean there's a big court case in America at the moment going on about conflicts of interest about around that so it's an interesting one to see how that will play out, but by the same token the buyer has representation from the moment they pick up the phone and say, I want to buy a house in, you know, in, in Florida or whatever. Mm. Um, so they do get a better experience, but are you going to find estate agents in the UK, you know, picking up picking up their buyer from the train station, taking them around to all the different properties, you know, or, or, or in the earlier, take a few steps back, you know, ident- scrolling through right move, identifying the properties, picking them up from the station, driving them around the properties, you know, doing the second viewings with them, negotiating it on their behalf, doing the sales progression for zero, for nothing. You're not going to get that. It's just not going to happen until we change the model in the in the UK. So unfortunately, those are the sorts of steps you would take to create a world-class experience for a buyer, but that's never going to happen whilst there is no buyer representation in the UK.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's, a, I think that's a, a really valid point. Do you see that changing in the future, Adam? Do you, do you think there is uh, opportunities for buyer agencies to, to come in for all those reasons that you've just talked about?
2: Yeah, that, that's on our roadmap. You know, I think I think, and this is probably a little bit of an EXP sales pitch, I suppose, this part, but just popping into my head is, you know, I, I think that we've got an opportunity as as one of the the largest and the fastest growing and with our American roots to under to really understand that kind of that biorepresentation side of the of that that piece of the jigsaw. And um, you know, we've got some biorepresentation plans this year um to try and roll that out to some of our agents. We believe that um, I believe that it'll be the vendor who engages that service uh, as, a, as a follow-on to their sales service to their um, mm-hmm. their seller service. I don't think first time buyers will buy it, so you have to take it baby steps. you know just like the American model, we took baby steps in the early days of exp and lots of other American models have come to the UK and failed and, and we haven't you know we're still growing we're still st- still not the finished product. But that buyer representation could be a journey that we take, but it would only be for current vendors who then have that follow-on service to buying a property. So it's in it's in the works from an EXP point of view, and hopefully with the size that we're at now, we can start affecting a bit of change on the rest of the industry. Because one thing estate agency businesses are is they tend to follow. The, you know, I said that people don't like change, and they're not, and, but they're not stuck in their ways. There is that follow on sort of from other estates. Is look at Rightmove, you know, one one branch in Hitchin, my, my branch joined Rightmove, and then every other branch in Hitchin joined. Um, on the market were the same, you know, when they launched and newspapers were the same. One, one estates agency branch ditched the newspaper and every other branch in that yeah. town ditched the newspaper. So you tend to get that sort of, you do get agents iterating and following on and, and copying others. It's just that they don't like that change in the first place.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I think you're right, and bring it on for me. I think it should be really exciting uh, change. Sorry, something on.
0: No, no, I was just going to say that's how the model in America evolved. It was it was sellers going, geez, thanks. Now we need to find a place to live because we've got to move in a certain period of time, and and good agents pulling their fingers out, being like, well, I'll help you out. Hmm. And so and and again, the fee was just there. Like it was always It's always been compelling fees in America, which is why they're so happy to split them. That's going to be the big yeah. challenge for this moving forward. Is slowly incrementing the fees up uh, and ideally slowly increasing the value and the perceived value that's the biggest change right you could be the best agent literally in the world you stump up in any town even central london and if you said you were 3.54% no one is going to immediately pay it because they're so conditioned and their expectations and their perception are so different to what the service they would expect elsewhere. And it's a little bit unfair for a good agent to just lump up and and start say, because they're probably going to have to start at one half, 2% rather than probably where they deserve to be paid because of the service and the results that they're delivering.
2: Yeah. I think, but I think that the, the irony is, is that if you through video and through social media and through letter writing and being part of your community, you know, world-class lead gen, if you become the go-to agent, I think you can charge whatever you like. I mean, mm-hmm. within reason, obviously, but yeah. I think I think agents out there are, are not confident, and I see it, you know, day in, day out, where we've got agents who are they are the go-to agent in their town. No, they're not even being they're not even considering anyone else, mm-hmm. and those agents are coming in still at one percent because I see it, and actually they could be doing two and a half percent, and and I don't think anyone would bat an eyelid because if I had a go-to agent in Hitchin where I'm based, then I would pay what. Whatever it takes, again within reason. But if someone yeah. said to me, "I'm the go-to agent. I do video tours. I'm a great presenter of the property, and yada, 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 I'm going to help you pack the bag. You know, pack the boxes at the end, and I'll help you tidy up, doing the photos." Like the one thing I can't stand is tidying up. So if someone's going to come and do that for me. I'll pay them an extra percent just for that because it's such a ball ache eh, to tidy up for photos and and do viewings and and all that stuff. It if you're the go-to agent, you can charge more or less whatever you want. You can certainly be the most expensive in your area by a long shot, because you're the go-to agent. What's I don't disagree.
0: Point? Actually, that that's a really good point. I want to ask you. So let's let's stay on the the topic of go-to agents, right? So think of the sort of top echelon within EXP. What is their... So these are these would be the go-to agents in their community, right? Do you know, like, walk our listeners through what an ideal day looks like for them? Again, we're trying to sort of simplify the day-to-day for everybody who's listening to this so that they can just kind of again be boringly consistent and get on with it but only get on with the stuff that matters so i'm really keen if you are if you are that top agent if you are world class and you're an exp what does an ideal day look like for you
2: I'm not sure about an ideal day specifically but certainly an ideal sort of your general attitude and approach to being an estate agent is is your community is championing your community if you are you know I'm to, I don't like picking out one agent but I have done with Kirsty so I'll pick out Tony Ruby in this instance. Tony Ruby is a phenomenon in yeah. Grantham and uh, he goes to every community event in Grantham. He is, you know, he is a he is a pillar of the community. Um, he does videos on every property. Um, you know his videos aren't as flary as someone like Ben Moore. You know he hasn't got that production and that sort of that that natural flair that Ben's got. Um, but he does them consistently. And they're, they're still very good, but he does them consistently. Every single person gets that same sort of level of service. He goes to, I saw him doing an event just before Christmas in a church, like a, like a carol service sort of. So he was videoing their setup. He was saying, oh, we've got a carol service going on. There's a charity thing. and da-da-da-da-da. We're in Grantham We're here in the church. And, and so he's he's putting a spotlight on Grantham. Um, and he is the go-to agent in Grantham, no question. And he he does charge a decent fee, not up at two and a half percent, but he is the most expensive in his area. So he tells me. Um, but he is, you know, he gets asked to go and open coffee shops. He he now gets asked to go and open coffee shops and hairdressers and and local stores in Grantham because he's that famous in Grantham. Mm. You know, because people are saying, Tony, can you help me out? Give me some exposure. And come and open our coffee shop, please. Like it's nuts, completely barking mad. But I often say to people, you know, when you first got Google Earth, what's the first thing you ever looked? What's the first thing you guys ever looked at on Google Earth?
0: Your own house. Your house. Your own house,
1: exactly.
2: And so, and when 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 Hitchin in my hometown comes on the telly, what do I do? I shout around the TV, I shout the house, going, <laughs> "It's Hitchin's on the TV!" Yeah. Like if it's if it's the local sandwich shop being interviewed on on BBC local news, I'm like, "Oh, there's Bill and Sharon on the local TV." I know Bill and Sharon, I've been to that sandwich shop a hundred times. I don't need to see it on TV, but because it's hitching, because it's my local place, I'm I'm enthralled that it's on TV. So you can be that mini broadcaster by putting your town on TV or your local shops on TV, your local accountants, your local independent stores on, on TV, on video, on Facebook, on social media. And all of a sudden you're going to get your whole community going, guys, there's the local church on Grantham on the TV, doing the carol service, being presented by Tony Ruby, Let's go down there and support the local community. What a nice guy Tony Ruby is. I'll tell you what, when I sell my house, I'm going to use him. Mm. That's how you become the go-to agent, is you've got to become... You've got to love your town, and you've got to be prepared to go on video and, and really expose your town, in my opinion.
1: It's a very good point. I never thought about it like that, actually, but that... Um description of you, when you when your town comes on TV, I am transported to my front room when exactly the same thing ha- happens and it's probably something that I personally had completely just ignored, not necessarily realised, so actually what you're talking about there is sort of putting your town on TV, becoming almost like the local TV station is, you know, a really valid point and it's, what what do you, would you say to agents who say to you then, well what's that got to do with you know, selling houses. How do you help bridge that gap between I'm an estate agent and I sell houses, and I want to put the spotlight on the town and then and then me? Because there must be agents within your network who struggle with that, you know, making that leap.
2: Yeah, I guess there is it. it, it there's, a, there's a vague connection, isn't there? I suppose you know you wouldn't get a plumber going around promoting their town. I don't think you'd get a plumber promoting. What you know before and after that—that's yeah. what I would do as a plumber on social media. I—I I think estate agents must. I can't think of any other profession in—in in the world where the town where the location you're in is so related to the job that you do, other than estate agency. That mm. you know, estate agents location, location, location. So if you're then promoting the top twenty streets in—in in the town of Grantham, you know, a you're promoting the streets, so therefore you're promoting the house, but therefore you're promoting Grantham. And therefore intertwined with all of that is your content marketing about the carol service in Grantham or, you know, we're saying to our agents at the moment, you know, it's Valentine's Day next week, go to the local florist, interview them, you know, ask them what, how many red roses most people buy. What's the second most popular bouquet of flowers that people buy? Um, is it men or women that buy mostly? And what do you love about the people of Hitchin? That's the last, that's oh. the last question. It's the most important question. What do you love about the people of Hitchin? And then, of course, the florist says, oh, I love the people at Hitching because they're great and they they always support me and they've been wonderful to me over the last four or five years. And I just think that there's that there's that spotlight on the town, the location. And that is that, again, I, couldn't, I can't think of another industry, another sector that would be able to promote their location um, better than an estate agent because of their job. So uh, there's a vague line there, but it's it's a it's a it's a I guess it's a clear one for a customer to look at.
1: And thank you for the valentine's day reminder that was literally the first time i'd had i'd, <laughs> had, I'd had i'd had that thought um, i want to just talk about um support and um a- agency so we, sp- we speak to loads of agents um who are really up and had a great start to the year there's probably also agents who haven't had such a good start to the year so if you've got an agent who's perhaps going through a bit of a a rough patch how how do you support them through it and what would your advice be to anyone who hasn't had that start to the year that maybe they they had hoped because let's be honest it's still really early days
2: yeah it's I mean from a support point of view I've I've become pretty good at pep talks over the last four or five years because we have a lot of people hitting the wall at regular intervals you know typically after four or five months of starting but But then intermittently thereafter. um, Again, you know, I I think what I try to say to people is understand that you are just hitting the wall. If you're doing everything you tell me you're doing, if you are sending the letters and you're going to networking events and you're doing social media and you're talking to friends or family constantly and you're having conversations and even just, you know, walking down the street to the local coffee shop and bumping into people and making conversation, not just walking past them and saying, Morning you know, but actually making a point to to go and talk to them, have that conversation, then it is just about, again, come back to consistency. If you are consistently doing those things, then it will drop, it will happen. But you've got to be very honest with yourself and look in the mirror and say, have I done all those things that are creating those conversations? And and if you aren't, it's on you. You know, it is on you. Um, Mm -hmm. It is on the individual. And they have to, I say, really dig deep and ask them, have they really put 100% effort in? over the last three or four months to create the business that might be coming their way today. And if they haven't, they've got to press the reset button and go again. Um, I think that's all they can do. So there's a bit of support, but there's got to be some accountability there from the from
0: the, from the agent in, in our world. Do you find that the majority of people that are in your group are ready to have those conversations? Um, like I, I always think that the answer to all your questions is in the mirror, right? Um, but it's a lot easier to, to look at the mirror. If you've got somebody standing next to you with their arm around you going, you know, whatever we see, I'm here for you. And I'm just wondering whether people come into your group, or this is any sort of self-employed group, right? They come into it for certain reasons, um, and then probably some of them leave because they're not quite ready to have those conversations. Because there is somebody saying to them, "Hey, you know, if we're going to hit those goals, we're probably going to do the work." Yeah, 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 yeah. I <laughs> we
2: had, we yeah, we had a, we had a guy who who joined, and then and he took the next three months off because he was he was self-employed. <laughs> And yeah so you'd take the next three months off and Is that me <laughs> <laughs> i've
0: been there i've been there
2: <laughs> Everyone, loads of would do and four months down the line he phoned me up and said oh um ad i've not i've not really done much and i'm not sure why and i said well what you've been doing and i looked in his face i said the last time you posted was back in september and this was like december or whatever i said you haven't done anything oh no well i decided to take a couple of months off because i want <laughs> to spend some time with the kids and i said well you know you can either press the reset button now but you probably mm. haven't got the money to do that because you've been spending it on cinemas and mcdonald's and stuff with the kids which is fine don't begrudge you that at all but that's where you've got to look in the mirror so yeah i just think some people are probably probably not ready for it because they think there's a lot of people think this is you can because they see people like tony ruby they just mm. drop in and think oh that happened to me i'm gonna hit the ground running with you know six instructions on day one and and that's not the reality that is far from the reality it's, it's hard work hard graft and um so yeah some people aren't ready the, the vast majority of failures i would say is, is probably on the agent and that sounds horrible of me to say possibly but like you say sam it's you know it's looking in the it's mirror 100 mirror. Yep.
0: i am um, I, mean, I think your, your point there if they see somebody like tony and they think oh that's easy that could be me the reality is it is easy and it could do it could be them if they're willing to put in time and patience and like, again, come back to where we started this conversation, be consistent. And I'm not, I'm not undermining anything that Tony's done. He's just done it for 20 years, right? So well, yeah. You know.
2: I, 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 every agent that joins gets a little welcome video from me. Um, not personalized. It's pre-recorded. I, I will be honest, but, um, and I say there's three things that, that I want from you. You don't have to, if you don't want it, cause it's your business, but it's consistency, hard work and trust the process. You know, and, and that trust the process is kind of that patience thing, you know, because it's going to it's not going to happen overnight. But, you know, be consistent, work hard and trust the process. And it will happen at some point in the future. You know, you will start getting phone calls that come out of the blue. You will start getting referrals that come out of the blue. You will start getting messages on Facebook Messenger that come out of the blue where people have been watching your videos for four months and not liked a single one or not message on a commented on a single one. And all of a sudden and we talk a lot EXP about hitting the wall at month between month four and six. And then between months six and nine, having your breakthrough moment, if mm. you can get over the wall, if you can break that wall down, you get your breakthrough moment, typically speaking is kind of what we, and that's kind of what we warn people when they first start is that's how it's going to work. And, and at least they're prepped for it then at that point.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to I wanna, uh, wrap up just with a sort of esoteric, ethereal question, and then we'll let you out of here. Um, so we've talked a lot about, you know, what does world-class estate agency look like, how you support people through, um, tougher times to get them there prospecting, et cetera. If you, I'm I'm just trying to think about how I want to phrase this. How do you know when somebody's talking to you that they're going to be all of that, are there, is there a certain trait? Is there a statement? Um, is there a glint in their eye? You know, is it the way they speak, the way they hold themselves? Is it the fact that they're not wearing a three piece Primark suit and pointy shoes? Uh, no one, no one that listens to this show dresses like that. So I think I can get away with saying that I'm interested to you know, right? Think... Cause, cause <clears throat> no, I, I think when, when we talk particularly to leadership on this show, recruitment is always the challenge and you don't ask a question, uh, or you, you don't miss the opportunity to ask a question of the guy who, you know, says that he's got the fastest organically going real estate business in the UK history without talking about recruitment. So how do you get more right than wrong? what do you look for and what can you share with the listeners who might be in a position of themselves, just trying to find, you know, the next bright spark for their own businesses?
2: Yeah, it's, it's really difficult. And in the early days, I didn't have a clue, not, not a clue. Um, and there were people that joined that I thought oh, they won't last five minutes and they're, they're still here and they're, they're absolutely, you know, smashing it. Um, there's people that joined who, who, who have, have failed and and probably people in more senior positions where they've gone out of that role of, so I always say to people when they join is you're going to have to go back to being the dog's body. Remember yeah. that day in, you know, when, in 1997 when I started, my old boss, Dave Gallagher, not to Dave Gallagher, um, he would make me stuff envelopes and he'd make me write on the blackboard, you know, every morning, star, new star buyers and all this kind of stuff that the there was no social media. And I said, you have to go back to that day, those days. You know, I I rose to becoming the office manager and therefore I didn't have to do those jobs because I was the office manager and you have to go back and do those jobs and you have to be humble enough to go and do those jobs so there are there's there's a few people that have joined and left who haven't had that humbleness in them I think um, uh, or or been prepared to take a step back to Mm -hmm. doing those what they would perceive as shitty jobs basically Um, I think but I still, I still don't think there's a, a, a silver bullet uh, question. I think one question I do ask, or as I say to people, first of all, we manage their expectations at the start, as I've mentioned a minute ago, you know, we do say to them, it's gonna be hard. You're gonna hit the wall. You're gonna to have to do get your breakthrough moment. And these are things you have to do. One question I've started asking just in the last year or so is, you know, when you walk down to the local supermarket or when you walk to the restaurant with your husband or wife, how many people stop you in the street and ask you, how's the property market? Um, And if they say at least five, then I say, this this is the job for you. Mm. This is what you should be doing this job. Because those people with that established network within their town and that established reputation of being a great agent in their their town are going to hit the ground running. Because the second that they go on social media saying, hi, I've gone out on my own in partnership with EXP or whoever, um, they're going to get phone calls, they're going to get messages. Because if they've been in that town for 20 seven or eight years ago, I would have been that person in Hitchin. I haven't sold a house for eight years. So I don't, I've, I've, I'm out of people's consciousness. Now I could get back in there with the touting and the social media and exposing the town and blah, blah, blah. It would just take longer. Yeah. Um, but 10 years ago, I was that person, you know, that was that, you know, I was the one that was recommended and I could have moved into EXP very, very, very swiftly and easily. Um, so that's one of the questions I've started asking in the last year or so is just, are you that person that, that everybody comes up to and says, how's the housing market? Because if you are, then you've got a real, real strong chance of, of making this successful. But you've still got to work hard. You've still got to be consistent. You've still got to push yourself outside your comfort zone. Um, and it's still going to be a painful six months because you're not going to earn any money. Um, so that's the best I can answer that question, I'm afraid, Sam.
1: And is there is there any way that you found that you can try and test their ability to do those things to, to go and do the hard work and I think it's a really good point to go back to doing the basic jobs that the office junior would take or is that just we tell them because that's the best way to do it
2: we just tell them that's the best way to do it you know we don't we don't know how what someone's attitude is like I mean I'm a, I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan oh. um, and and sorry about that uh, but and coglu Who's an Aussie? Um, he uh, he talks about attitude. You know, I've, I've watched a lot of his videos. I think he's a, a fascinating guy, and he says that the difference between the top players and the, the slightly lower players is is like that much in quality. What makes them good is their attitude, and that is. It was, it was a fascinating interview that he did because that, that summed it up for me with, with EXP and agents that go self-employed with any model. It's actually the difference between the good ones and the, the less good ones are not that big. It, it's the attitude that makes the difference, um mm. uh, mentality and the attitude. So, and I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how you find someone's attitude. I'm not sure how, you know, I'm super driven. I work super hard. You know, I, I think I've got the right attitude and mindset. Um, and that's why I'm sitting here running EXP, I guess. But but how do you how does anyone know that without working with me on a day to day basis? I don't think they do. I'm not sure I don't know there must there's brighter people than me you know that will know that the answer to that and how they how they identify that. but I'm not sure how that is to be honest.
0: I think uh, it's a bit of both sides of the fence right? They're testing you as much as you're testing them and ideally you work really well together and everyone ends up with a massive success and that's kind of um, leadership summed up, I think you start with trust on both sides of the fence um, and the good people that trust stays there. Everybody else, you find somebody else. Um, I think, mate, mentioning Big Ange is the best way I think we potentially have ever ended one of these podcasts. Um, there's there's 26.5 million pseudo Spurs fans down here in Australia right now, um, and we've loved Dan's post to forever. He's the most winningest sporting coach in Australian history, won 39 games uh, in a row. For the brisbane raw my home team uh so i got a soft spot for range as well adam i just want to say a big thank you from mark and i and everyone who's listening um we said we'd only take half an hour time i think we've been going nearly 40 minutes and um it was all gold uh there was a hell of a lot of practical stuff in there and that's really what we try and aim for these shows week in week out is that um you know a bit of mirror talk but i think that's important but ideally some just really practical stuff that everyone can take away and put into their own businesses for very little cost today like the moment they're listening to it and you're delivering that in space. So from all of us and everyone listening, thank you so much. Thanks very much for having me. Good to be on.
1: A massive thank you once again to Adam Day from EXP for, for joining us. Loads of uh, key takeaways. And as you said at the end there, some, some practical things that uh, listeners can go on and, and implement. Um, on that note, I could see you really sit up in your chair when, we were talk- when Adam was talking about how agents don't like change and potentially <laughs> um, why that is.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't like change. <laughs> uh, and no when one likes just- change, right? No, exactly right. We all don't. Um, and that's, I think it, it is in our nature, but if you look at success, progress, however you want to define it. Um, and I know I say that's probably the most common thing I say on this, this podcast, but it, it is a willingness to accept change
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and ideally uh, change along with it. So the world is a, a unique place. It changes every day, um, whether we like it or not. Yeah. The meaningful changes happen over periods of time. And I think what, what Adam sort of hit the nail on the head was, is that agents, one, they don't like change. And why they don't like it is potentially because they lack the confidence in whatever that change requires. So mm-hmm. the example that Adam gave was recording on camera. Yeah. Um, and I can remember, do you, Let's let's use this podcast, for instance. Do you remember the first episode we ever did this podcast? We were sitting opposite each other in an air conditioning room. You couldn't even hear our voices. You could just hear the air conditioning. Yeah. I've
1: yeah, just turned my aircon off
0: for <laughs> well, that reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to have air conditioning where I am right now because I am wearing a dark blue shirt and it's turning black with sweat. <laughs> um, the we, we, we got in and we did it anyway and mm-hmm. we accepted that it was crap, but we said we were going to do it again next week and we were going to get better. And we built our own confidence over time. Yeah. Now, when we've got to record in a different location or using different software or we get a new microphone, whatever it is, we know like we have the confidence to believe that we can like um, move past whatever change is facing us. And it's a bit like a muscle. You've just got to practice over and over and over again. And so uh, I will accept that no one likes change. What I won't accept is that change is unbearably hard Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't do it anyway. Failure sucks. Right. Um, inconsistency, the that nauseating feeling of wondering where your next instruction or your next offer uh, is going to come from, the feeling of like, I don't want to call that person because they're going to piss me off, right? Yeah. All of that is relating to change. And the fact that you're not doing it very often is what leads to that lack of confidence. And so what I think Adam does really well is he sets those expectations. What I expect from you is consistency hard work and like a willingness to adapt I think is what he said yeah um and what more do you want to look for in anybody like again coming back to that recruitment question and you and I were having a chat off air about recruitment as well right if if you said to someone how would you describe yourself and they said I'm consistent I'm hard working and I've actually got a real willingness to adapt to whatever's in front of me shake hands give them an employment contract and move on yeah and so if If all of you if you're listening to this now and all and and you don't like change, there's a high chance your competitors are too, which means there's an even greater chance that the first one who does accept that change is required, embraces it, Mm -hmm. and has a willingness to face their lack of confidence in the face and just get on with it anyway, is gonna be light years ahead of everybody else and will reap the rewards we talked about Adam finished the show saying like, if you want to get into real estate, you've just got to accept that you're not going to make any money for six months. Mm. Well, I guarantee you, if you're consistent for six months and you're embracing this change, you will make more money in month seven than most people will in month 24 Yeah, who aren't doing it that way. So to me, it was just a really important point.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And I probably knew the answer to the final question I asked him on, on recruitment, but I wanted to ask anyway, to see if there was any little, you know, uh, silver bullets they don't exist right that's the that's the key thing but he talked about um, people hitting the wall and either you have the consistency in the termina- determination to continue or, or or you don't but actually yeah. on that point I thought you know what you said about the answer to all your questions being in the mirror it was a really good point because a lot of the stuff that Adam talked about today the world-class agency stuff and the creating good customer service is is skill based but um as Ange postacoglu would say all of the other stuff is attitude based and mm-hmm. that is one of the big key takeaways from today we can't test attitude we can't test attitude of people who are going to join our businesses but we can certainly tell them the attitude that we expect and um you can see signs and look for it you know in the early days certainly i think so for me one of my biggest key takeaways from today was attitude and having the right attitude delivering consistency to, to del- delivering consistently to deliver a world-class service i think was a really key takeaway very good And on that point, um, we will wrap up. A massive thank you uh, once again to Adam for joining us. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please share it out on, on social media, share it with colleagues, reach out to Sam, Adam or I on social media and let us know your key takeaways. I'm Matt Worrell, he's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week.